Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 51. And today we're going to be talking about the next generation senior pastor. Let's do this. Hey, how are you guys doing? Thank you guys so much for joining us today on this conversation. And we're really excited because we've talked about this topic indirectly a number of times, and we've always kind of tried to imagine where things are headed. And we have a really good opportunity today to kind of dive deeper into it. As always, Shu and Bernard are here. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. (laughs) Yo, yo. Yo, yo. Our special guests today are George and Homing, and both of them are lead pastors in different churches, Asian churches, and they have been on this journey themselves of stepping into this role. And we are so thankful that they are joining us today as they get to share some of their stories. And hopefully this will be a time that encourages and edifies not just those who are in lead pastor positions, but also pastors in general. So George and Homing, how are you guys doing? Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm doing good, John. Thank you for having us. Yep, we just both finished some meetings, so yeah, that's uh, typical of lead pastors. We're in a lot of meetings. (laughs) Uh, We're probably uh, both zoomed out, but uh, anyways, we're looking forward to this conversation. This is a lot more, you know, exciting than some of our meetings. (laughs) We're trying to switch into, you know, camp mode right now, right? Oh, good. It's good. It's good. You know, we're not burning anyone, but we're just saying, you know, it's going to be a good time. That was prophetic. You know, we're looking forward to this. And, you know, you guys both mentioned meetings, especially. Do you feel that in this time of distancing, you guys have actually had more meetings, that they've been more frequent? Oh, definitely. I think right now we are a lot more accessible. So we got to really be careful how we set boundaries or we're in meetings all day, mm. right? So, I mean, I would say the, the amount of meetings is, it's, it's the same for me, but they're a little bit shorter in length in some regards because people want to jump on, talk quickly, and then jump off. But yeah. We're, we're, we're in quite a bit of meetings. We all know that if you've pastored any church, or particularly an Asian church, you, you're definitely in a lot of meetings. Ministry uh, equates to meetings a lot of times. <laughs> and both, both M words that can't be separated. <laughs> all right. So, you know, as we kind of launch into this episode, uh, Homing and George, we just want to ask you guys, what has the journey looked like for you to step into this role that you are currently serving in? You know, what has been your experiences in pastoring and then now st- stepping into a lead pastor in your own respective churches? <laughs> I was let George go first because he's wiser. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, well, I got to respect the guys under me age-wise, right? So I-, I, could, I could start. It's okay. I would say my journey is quite unique. Over the course of about 12 years, I've gone through the leadership of three senior pastors and they all had their own unique flavor of leadership. And my first senior pastor was actually my own blood, right? He's my father, right? So, so it was super awkward because, you know, um, at the same time, I loved the man. On the plus side, he gave me a lot of freedom to lead and minister in the English division because he didn't want to show favoritism. So he go, you know what? The best thing is I leave you alone. You create your own culture. You create your own destiny. We don't want to get in trouble. So let's just keep our relationship cordial in front of people, right? So, so okay. because of relationship, it's, it's interesting. It's rare that they gave me any encouragement in front of people. It's rare that they gave me opportunities in front of people. 
But on the flip side, the cool thing was we were able to dialogue openly on a very private matter when we got together, right? As father and son, as pastor to pastor, as a ministry co-worker to co-worker. And that's where I sense a lot of his frustration as a senior pastor. And, and as a pastor, as a son, I go, hey, how can I journey with you through this, right? How can I support you? And that's where I think God slowly put in my heart that it's not just about English ministry, right? Mm. And there's, the church is bigger than just English ministry. And, and we had a creative way of me getting involved. He would never ask me to get involved, but he said, George, nothing's stopping you to volunteer, right? He said, if you have an idea, why don't you volunteer, right? So, so often if I wanted to do something, I would volunteer and it, I'll pull someone else along too, right? And, sure. and that was pretty cool, right? So, so I think slowly God was giving me a vision and, and opportunity to love on the broader church, the bigger church, right? The Asian church as a whole, right? So, so I think that grew over time through the other two senior pastors as well to, to the point where I am now, right? So I think God has doing his own unique things in my life. Very cool. Very cool. It's like the opposite of Darth Vader and Luke. You know, <laughs> he's like, join me on my destiny. You know, this is how we will rule the empire together. You know, we're, we're, we got a lot of geek references. You know, the, the next generation pastor, that was a little bit of a, you know, Star Trek reference. Thank you so much, George, for sharing about your journey. Homing, what's, what's your experience been like? Yeah, well, I, w- I would have to say, first of all, of course, Star Trek The Next Generation is, is the best of the Star Trek shows. <laughs> uh, Amen. Amen. <laughs> and of course, Empire is, is by far the best Star Wars Of course. Movie. No debate. <laughs> I, I think my journey is a little bit different than George, but, but mm-hmm. similar in, in one sense that we are basically both sons of, of the place. You know, uh, George has actually his own father running, you know, running the church and leading the church. I've been at the church for, for 32, 33 years now. And I, start, I came to the, the church when I was eight years old. It was a little fledgling church. It grew. And um, long story short, I basically went into seminary, had some aunties and uncles in the church basically said it was a bad idea. You, you know, you're really not a pastor type of material. <laughs> uh, and then um, I became the youth pastor. You know, our senior pastor hired me and I became the youth pastor. And uh, I was very happy. Like, I, I still tell people I love doing youth ministry and young adults ministry. I was a young adults pastor with Pastor Shu for a while. And then I became the English pastor, and then I became the, the lead pastor. So basically, I've, in 13 years at the time, 2008, 2018, I had done four roles in 13 years. It, it, to me, is never a stepping stone. I, I never saw, uh, it was more of a calling. I just saw the young people that I was pastoring grow up, and I wanted to you know, continue pastoring them. It was natural. Mm. You, know, they, mm. you know, I've done 35 weddings now, and, and uh, now the people I pastor are, are having children, and... Um, getting older. So to me, it was always natural. But again, you know, I started because I, I, you know, I felt that part of what I could contribute was to the Asian church, because I'm, I I feel like all of us here in this room somehow believe that there's some kind of inherent uh, strength to the Asian church, but, but uh, somehow it's not super articulated well, but there is some kind of potential there that maybe is is not unlocked yet. So the journey for me, I mean, general sense is how that's how I got there. But but like George, there was definitely some real rough patches. I would mm-hmm. tell anybody you want to be a lead pastor, lead pastor of an Asian church, a lead pastor of an Asian church after a founding pastor who's been there for thirty plus years. That is not for the faint of heart. That is uh, nope. eating nope <laughs> eating a, several chunks of humble pie. And and those first few years, George and I can both attest, and we talk regularly. 
uh, are really, really quite difficult. Yeah. I'm not trying to get pity points when I, oh, look at these guys are suffering. <laughs> Right, but but yeah, it, it it has been quite a journey. We the other thing I find is that we don't have a lot of role models to look up to in terms mm. of people mm. that have taken the mantle. And, and I was just on a call uh, a few weeks ago with all sorts of American pastors. Very few have gone through this journey. So I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, I'd love to look up to someone and, and talk to someone. I can't find nobody. And I've talked to people that pastor non Asian churches, and and I've talked to them on on Zoom and through phone calls, but they they really don't know the dynamics of what it's like to pastor a church that is traditionally like an Asian church. That's especially one founded upon this one dude who's, who's mm-hmm. just going three decades of ministry and is highly respected and built that church from zero to whatever number it is, is at. So, I mean, that's a journey. I think I'm summarizing some of what George said, cause we're going to play off each other, but um, yeah, that's generally what I'd say. Thank you, Homing, for sharing that. You know what? Both of you guys actually talked a little bit about how you guys followed legacies of those who had been there before you, and you guys have been at those churches for a number of years, whether as um, a member or a pastor. And, you know, just off the cuff, you know, not, without needing to directly name or <laughs> throw shade at people, but what do you think specifically are some of the challenges of following a legacy? What are some of the things that are specifically more difficult or unique to following a founding pastor? I, I think the first thing is just the direct comparison. You're not the guy. You know, you don't have the credentials. You don't have the credit to spend. And uh, you are seen as a son of a place, especially me and George. You know, we've both been at their churches for 30 plus years. So, of course, they see us a little like they seen as a little boy. I just taught at uh, uh, like a like an education Sunday school kind of thing. And the, the facilitators, the lady who led me to Christ, you know, so they, they see it that way. This direct comparison. So I'd say that that's the first thing that I'd spark in my mind. You know, whether people like it or not, they, they're going to do it like subtly in their mind, subversively. So they're not really saying it to your face. Sometimes they do actually say it to your face. Like, <laughs> oh, well, if that guy was here, no, he wouldn't do it this way. Or that's not how we run things. There's a lot of assumptions there. And there's that component that's really quite tricky. And George, you can elaborate. But, you know. uh, I echo what you say, Homing. I think one of the big things is obviously the perception, right? Whoever comes in to fill in that pair of shoes, they're big shoes to fill, right? So, so obviously, not, you're not going to measure up because it's going to take a while for them to get used to who we are, like our, our style of leadership, and even accept us to, to the table even. Because I think sometimes, you know, 30 plus years in ministry, You've got your allies, right? You, you've, you've got your clan, right? That, that's really got your back. And, and for us, it's an uphill battle. We've got to prove that, right? We've got to prove ourselves and at the same time, really show that we're worthy. So it does take time, right? And I think even for me, I think they still see me as a rowdy kid, similar to Ho Ming, right? Because, you know, they, they see me as the person that steals all the snacks before even people eat it, right? <laughs> Don't want to be at church, a black sheep, right? Uh, you know, disgrace to the pastoral family as a PK, right? So so good luck getting trust right away. So it does take time, right? It's like Homing says, it takes a lot of humble pie. Right? By, by, by virtue of what you're doing, it's it's an uphill battle because you are, you are in some ways having to, you know, this is the Asian thing, pre- protecting the face of the, mm-hmm. the legacy. I mean, when you think of legacy, it's usually in a positive thing. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. this, this guy built this incredible, like, not, boy, the legacy is terrible and we got to pick up the pieces. That can happen. But in our cases, these guys did do good jobs in, in, in their own time. And we have to, you know, protect that a little bit. But at the same time, 
you know, like think about it. Anytime I make a decision, a lot of it's counter to, to what, like to, you're fixing a lot of issues. Nobody wants to admit that. Yeah, they did great, but they also had some, there's some messiness. There are things, things that, did, that didn't go so well. Now you got to go in there and say, look, I'm calling these six things out. And <laughs> you have people who said, these guys are, they're fans of the, the old system. And yeah. sometimes they don't even see the, uh, the need to change. Well, we're doing pretty well. Well, why, why maybe, you know, so there's, there's that component as well. Yeah, and to adapt it to a 21st century multicultural landscape is a completely different job than, uh, you know, planting a church and, and reaching primarily one type of immigrant, right? It's a completely different job. So you're, 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 you're right from the beginning, you're, the lens in which they judge success is not defined. It's sort of like yeah. a feeling-based thing. An Asian church is very feeling-based. It's a family feel. And, and there's that component that drives a lot of decisions. Yeah, and, the, and I find the, the patriarchal side of yes. just the nature of that culture mm-hmm. you know what ends up happening is like you talk about you like you're putting that you know leadership but you have like even though you want to evolve the the tradition when you touch you know stuff that's from you know not just you know you're the quote-unquote father now okay this is the these are terrible <laughs> but you mess with grandfather's you know legacy yeah. kind of stuff people are going to shoot you for that so i find that that's the yeah, the, the Asian lens especially is very strong in that and in holding to that. And you, that, that's a specifically, I think, Asian way to, to approach it. But just like in, I think, even in a Western side, it's like a, sometimes we see it that way, like a CEO that has a certain vision in place. But once you have a new leader, a new CEO, a new leader, it's like, wait, do you continue with everyone? Or sometimes there's like a wholesale change, a CEO brings yeah. in their whole team. Yeah. but. That's not what that's not what's happening in in the Asian church when they have new leadership. Do you think that it will ever change? Because I know I'm, I've been part of Asian churches and there is a patriarchy and it's like passing down the mantle. But as as you see, like the system kind of in in a way perpetuate differently, but still like within a similar structure. Like, do you see that changing in some ways? I see there's hope or, or why is Homing and I even part of this thing really after the day, right? I think, um, I think God is in the business of changing things. And, and I think really at the end of the day, something I've learned is we got to, we got to learn to be patient for one. Right. And, and I think we, we got to learn to articulate what's on our mind, right. And in a way of giving respect as well. Right. And I think we got to find key leaders and key players and really learn to build those relationships. Once there's that trust component I've learned, it's a lot easier to talk. Right. And because it's so easy to go and say, I don't like this. I want to change ABCDFG hmm. because I don't like ABCDFG. Actually there's more. I'm only giving you ABCDFG, but I'm the leader, follow me. I think that's very similar to the older generation because it's very top down, right? It's like who, who dare questions the senior pastor, right? Back then, right? So it's sort of whatever he or she say goes. But, but now I, th- I think it's really hard for us to do that. So, so it really takes time for us to build those relationships in, in terms of building that trust and, and really communicate what we want is for the betterment of the church. It's not really what's good for Georgia holding. It's not really what's good to elevate our platform, but it's really for the church, right? It's for, for the community of God in one sense. And, and I find that's working a little bit for me, right? Um, I'm not saying it's perfect yet, but there, there is some positive fruits I've been seeing. Yeah. I guess it depends on how we define what is changing. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying it's going to continue the same way, of course not. You can't. Mm-hmm. There's an evolution to this church that needs to be 
fought through. And, and I think George and I, and some of you guys, we, we are part of that. And mm-hmm. I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that I have to, George and I, we're playing roles that may not look like our predecessors. Mm-hmm. You know, those guys planted churches, and if you were good, you, you could be in that church for like 40 years. George and I, you know, we, we're bridges to the yeah. different cultures. Yeah. And because yeah. we were born with this bicultural liminal kind of understanding. Now, you look at my kids, you look at George's kid or your kids, they don't, they don't, I don't think they have the patience to put up with what we're putting up with, to be 100% honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, if you go, well, you know, look at granddad's values. They're from Hong Kong, you know. That sounds like, who cares? You know, I don't even speak Chinese. So we're put in this unique position to say, oh, I get it. I tell you know, listen a little bit, you know. Like, yeah. we, we, we can play, we can understand both sides and say, okay, well, you know, I get that, you know, and we figure out there's these nuances that we got to embrace. But I don't know about the church of the future. I mean, that's what we're in, in it for. I think there will, it's, it's going to be positive, but it's going to look way different. You know, we may yeah. add different congregations that are not even English, Cantonese, or Mandarin speaking. You know, we might be the ones raising up that third generation to take the church really to the next co- cross cultural breaking those kind of barriers down and where people don't even really see as an as an Asian church, you know, because right now people say, Oh, they, they see all oh, your guys are those Chinese churches, but maybe in the future it won't look like that because we've taken those steps. Like I'm actually kind of preparing it for my kids and, and, and their, their peers because yeah. you know they're going to be able to build off our foundation and, you know, free them from some of the stuff that we had to deal with, you know, because <laughs> the cultural distance between me and my son, it's closer, right? Uh, versus versus oh boy a big one so i think it's changing i mean look at my parents you know i was just talking my dad the other day and i realized i was counting his words he's speaking more english to me than chinese and when i was young he was like don't even talk to me if you don't speak chinese so <laughs> even he's changed so i think it's always evolving and george and i just sort of playing a small part to help bridge and, yeah. and, and, and accelerate some of that that's how i kind of see it. Yeah, I totally agree with homing's imagery of bridging and that's what i tell people i i don't foresee myself being there for 30 plus years, right? It might be a five-year term, might be a 10-year term, I don't know, but we're going to bring the people to the table, right? Instead of, so that we're able to have these constructive dialogues and dream together, right? Mm. So, No, I'm, I'm so encouraged by that attitude and that mentality. You know, first and foremost, you guys both mentioned it, that, you know, that God is at work. You know, God is in the business of, of, of building his church. And in such, he is transforming as much the pastor as he is the congregation. And how do we walk alongside together? How do we serve our congregations well? How do we find ways to build those bridges and, and move forward together? And I think the other part about it, which is, you know, you, you guys mentioned about building those relationships and building those bridges and really learning to earn that trust, especially because that's not inherently given to you. Just because you stepped into a role, it's not like, okay, this is the new lead pastor. We're going to give him all of our trust and we're going to follow his lead. The legacy stuff was in there. You know, all this sense of like, you know, George was the kid who stole snacks. By the way, as a lead pastor, you can set that new precedence that you can just Why go not? and steal some snacks. Free for all, you know? Free for all. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But you know what? I, I'm really encouraged by that because I think the reason we asked both of you guys to be on this podcast is because you guys have lived into that and you guys have gone through the challenges of it. And, you know, you guys are learning through that process as well. And so, I do want to ask, you know, based on, you know, your experience, both in your current 
position, but also in your past positions as pastors, you know, in the youth ministry or the English ministry or volunteering in any way, how those experiences help shape you today to be a lead pastor and approach leading a church? Well, I mean, on the very bottom level of, of that is you build up credential, right? I mean, in, you can apply that for any position, but but George and I, you know, we've done it. We've done all that stuff, right? So, you know, you're building up credential. You're building up your 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 base of people that will follow you and and trust you, right? Because when I was a youth pastor, not just the, just a youth, which are the future leaderships, you know, the church. That's at least what you hope. Also, their parents, you know, because you know, once you kind of, you know, you have to work with both groups. So, just generally, I, I'd say just building up credentials you know, uh, testing your mantle, you have to go through the, you know, because before you, I think you lead, you have to be a good follower. I had so many different supervisors and people that sometimes, I, you know, sometimes what they did decide I didn't agree with, and I had to do this and that. So yeah, I, I think at least on that front, I mean, George, would you, would you agree? Or? I, I do agree. I think we got to follow well, right? And I think um, it, it goes back to a heart of humility in one sense, right? That we're not Superman at the end of the day. That's something I've learned. And I've got to invest in my people because right now I'm able to be in this lead role and still do a little bit of English ministry stuff. And But they give me a little bit more free hand in English ministry is because I've, I was able to develop a team of leaders to step up to really take on that role so that they can free me to do a little bit more of the pastoring role. So I, I really believe that's something I've learned that it's really key to invest in your people well, right? Equip them for the task at hand. And I think that's important. And I, I do agree with Homing that, you know, we, we got to put our work in, right? We, we have to, in one sense, we have to really see the bigger picture of what God's doing in the church, right? So, you know, one thing though I noticed though, is and it's not because of anything we've done, but because mm. of just the nature of the job. It can not harm you, but it can force an assumption onto you. Because when George and I took over churches, mm. a big question was, "Oh, these guys are English guys; they can't yeah. run the entire church, right?" Mm. Like, and it's not our fault. We 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 were mm. assigned being youth pastor, young adults, English guys. Mm. That's all we know. And mm. but then they were like, "Well, you you know, you don't understand Mandarin people. You don't understand yeah. Cantonese people." Yeah. Uh, and it's a big assumption. And I really kind of, to be honest, resent some of some of that implication, you know, yeah, sure. I don't understand all the people, but to say that I, I didn't try or to hold it against me was a little bit unfair in my mind. I, I, I felt that I, I do understand Cantonese culture. I might not speak the language that well. I might not understand what it's like totally to be from Hong Kong, but, but my parents are from it. I was under those values. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if you can, you know, speak a little bit of the language, I understand the language. So, and you know, there was that as well. So that's on the flip side, of course, it, it, you know, you had a lot of good stuff that, you learn, you know, you build up your credential, you yeah. build up your skill set. I mean, for for example, learning to preach. I mean, I had to preach mm-hmm. before I even got to lead pastor 13 years with young people in, in English, right? So, you know, those are great things. But if, the flip side definitely is is it can paint you in a box. And, and I know George and I have talked about that at length, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's like, oh. And, and I think they're starting to realize now that, oh, wait, these guys are adaptable. They, they can try to yeah. listen to other cultures. Yeah, definitely those experiences that Homing and I have taken up, right, where we're open to them has shaped us into who we are today as well, right? It's a continual thing, right? And yeah. it's very easy to say, I don't want to do that. That's outside my jurisdiction or that's not even in my portfolio. But but I believe those those opportunities does, does sharpen us to be better leaders and more adaptable and fluid as well. What do you think are some of the challenges to building up that confidence and for people to accept you to be a different type of leader, to not be that clone of 
the one that you followed, but rather that, you know, God has given you your own giftings and your own leading. And even, you know, as Homing, you were sharing, you might not be someone who is in the Mandarin ministry or has served in the Mandarin ministry, but, you know, that you are able to still be able to serve well and to be able to lead well. How do you guys build up that type of confidence in your congregation? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I guess what, to my previous point, I think you have to expand your tribe. I mean, the problem mm-hmm. is they, they kind of see you as, oh, you're an English guy. You can only care about English issues, but you got to expand your tribe. And that's difficult because there are people that, that I mean, you got to just use an enormous amount of energy to, to expand it and to kind of get to know more people and people that are not native English speakers and listen to their stories and, and appreciate them and, and just like say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm for you. I'm with you. So to expand your tribe is a big one to build up a credential because Asian communities are all based on, on, on sort of this relationship. So, and it's a tricky navigation because we have a lot of people, you know, you can have a lot of people that nod when you say stuff, but they don't follow you. <laughs> so I, I have a question in light of that though. Is there a difference between almost building constituents versus really kind of building, you know, relationships, especially, mm-hmm. I, and even, you know, asking you two guys, you're in pretty large churches. And it's just like, I can imagine this the sheer amount of people that, that there is, you know, in, in all the congregations. Is there a difference between in a, playing a political game, you know, versus like, how do you kind of build up what, a ch- you know, the more church way of building that church family looks like? Is there a difference? I'm just, that's just a question that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Good question for George to answer first. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely a loaded question, right? Really, at the end of the day. But let me answer a little bit of how, how we build that trust, right? Or, or, or that presence, right? Really, at the end of the day. Something I've learned is I can't be everything to everyone, right? And I can't be everywhere at the same time. It's impossible, right? But one thing I realize is, even small deposits help. And, and this is, this is some, something I'm going to say with no shame, right? I, I rope my wife into it. So, so what I'm going to do <laughs> often is I'll, I'll ask my pastors, say, hey, I want to get to know your fellowship a little better. Can you arrange an evening for us to come for a half hour maybe? Just to say hi. And I often bring my wife, right? The cool thing is my wife does not speak Chinese, right? She doesn't speak a lick of Chinese, right? So, so they, they, they learn to respect us and they have to speak a little English, but at the same time, just being present in, in their midst gives me a sense. They give me deposits in my bank account. They're going to say, mm-hmm. Hey, our pastor cares about us, right? Even though he may not know everything about us, but he, he takes interest in us and he, he, we get a chance to get to know his family a little bit as well. Right. And I think from the political side of things, what she was talking about, I think you got to be selective of who you spend time with as well. I think our, my mandate as a senior pastor or, or a lead pastor is to care for my deacons and pastors, right? And I, and I love um, Dave Overholt is one of the our professors in Tyndale. And I love one quote he gives a lot, right? He, he says, um, he always talks about the principal teacher model, right? It's, so a principal's job is not to do the teacher's job, but it's to resource, equip, and care for the teachers so the teachers could do their work, right? So in one sense, I see myself as more as a principal, right? To really take care of the people that's closest to me. But of course, I still got to be present to show my face around the congregation, right? Uh, something I've learned is even 15 minutes before 
Cantonese worship starts. I stand at the door and just greet people. I hate it doing that. I'll, I'll be honest with you. It seems so <laughs> phony. It just seems so fake. Why am I even there? Right. Gaucho, but, Gaucho right. It's like, but, but really <laughs> people say, wow, my senior pastor shook my hand today. Like even after worship, after you preach, you stand at the back and shake your hands. But I mean, that, that two second shaking of someone's hands, it, it's huge. They, they say, wow, you know, uh, George actually cared for me today. He, he put his hand on my shoulder and, he wished me well, right? So, so I'll never I mean, wash those, this hand again. Yeah, I'll so, never I mean, wash those, hand. <laughs> those little things. I mean, we have to be selective, obviously, of what you do. You can't be everywhere at the same time, but it does bring the people closer together a little bit, right? No, I mean, I totally agree with George. It is not uh, for the faint of heart because with the yeah. first two years, you are pulled into so many things, yeah. and and at first, I kind of resisted to be honest mm-hmm. because you know Westerners are all about boundaries and about yeah. like. That's not my role. Give me a role. But man, it's tough. You basically, I, I was at so I, you know, going to so many meetings, and the only thing that kind of kept me going was saying, you know, I'm here to to show my face, to show that I I'm here to listen, to care, mm-hmm. and even if it means breaking all these boundaries in terms of how many meetings I'm going to, I got to do it because once you kind of gain that credibility, then you can start saying, okay, I don't want to go to this meeting no more. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, you guys know I love you guys. But I, I got to focus. And I've been telling my staff that. I'm like, you got to let me focus. I mean, I'm not, we're not supermen here. We can't, the, the, the age of the super senior pastor model, that's thrown out the window. Okay. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not going to play that game. I'm here to, to do what God has gifted me to do. And, and particularly, I got to lean on what the lead pastor should be doing. And if you say it should be leading the board, it should be teaching and primarily educating the church on content and building teams, fine. But if you got me going to the human resource meeting, and I, I'm, you know, the youth meeting and, you know, you got to start doing that. But in the beginning, definitely building up credibility is, is, is showing up, showing your face, yep. Uh, yep. you know, shaking hands, some things that uh, perhaps Westerners think is a phony, <laughs> we <gotta do> it. <laughs> but you know what I, I, I told God, you know, when I'm shaking someone's hand or I'm just, you know, just focus on the person yep. because I think for the listeners listening, you know, you got to realize George and I are pastoring. What's something unique is that we're, 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 we're pastoring larger churches. We're pastoring churches that are founded upon a guy who, 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 you know, was past leading for 30 plus years. So the staff and the scale itself is quite large. Yeah. So it's not exactly like you have a, you know, a church of 40 people and, and you can get to know everybody. So sometimes you get, unfortunately, everybody wants to get to know you and you get criticism for that sometimes. Yeah. But I've, I've learned to leave that with God and try my best and let the chips fall where they may. So I, yeah. That's sort of what I'm saying. Building trust or, or it's, it's you got to either move towards building trust or everything else doesn't matter. That, that's the way I see it. You know? Man, you know what? As you guys are both sharing, and I am very encouraged by it, it's, it seems like it's a careful navigation between not giving into, you know, the pressures and expectations of everyone and trying to please everyone, but being able to do what God has called you to do. And also at the same time, like Paul become all things to all people, like give up some of your freedoms during specific seasons to be able to serve well, right? Like, even if you feel like, hey, you know what, I'm called to this, so I won't do that. You know, that automatically sets a precedence for people to learn to build that trust with you. But being willing to say like, you know, even though this is may not be my specific calling, that, you know what, I, I want to serve in this way, and I want to reframe it in this way. Like you were saying too, homing, like, when I go shake a hand, I'm not thinking about, okay, I'm just doing this because this person wants me to shake their hand. 
this is a way for me to get to know this one person, or at least to have one interaction with this person, so that some kind of relationship or trust can be built. And I think that's like, you know, when we reframe it, there's a lot that we can be learning and growing in, especially as you guys are talking about leading as a lead pastor, a senior pastor. So I really do appreciate what you guys are both sharing about that. And thank you guys for coming along this journey and for listening to our episode today. We want to hear your thoughts and reflections of what we talked about, especially in the context of a role like the lead pastor and being a second generation. What does that mean? What does it mean for your context? As always, you can reach us by Facebook, email, Twitter, or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast so that we can continue to invite people into this conversation. It really does help us out as you do that. Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope that you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.